Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injuries and distraction. That's the nothing personal words of the day for Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Call back to yesterday's show when we said that all baseball teams are trying to do during spring training, right when it starts, just avoid injuries and distractions. Well, we've got a show for you today that is full of injuries and full of distractions. There are numerous teams who have already failed miserably right out of the gate. And let's start with the Texas Rangers. Everyone's all jacked up. They got Jacob DeGrom. They redid their whole pitching staff. They brought in the new GM. He was like the assistant. And then they got rid of John Daniels. Chris Young is his name. Former player. Got his feet wet in the commissioner's office. Comes over, takes over the team. Ray Davies, Ray Davies, that's the Kings guy. Ray Davies says, we're going to spend, we're going to bring in Nathan Evaldi, hip, hip, hooray, Andrew Heaney, hell yeah, and our prize off-season acquisition to go with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. God, have they spent money, holy crap. Jacob DeGrom, Mets fans, despondent. Can't believe we lost him, he's the greatest. I guess he didn't like us. Maybe he was offended. No, maybe he got five years from Texas, which the Mets, thank God, you have an owner who's so smart now and willing to spend money, Steve Cohn. Resume forthcoming, Steve. Don't you still need a team president? <laughs> Not. Jacob DeGrom, you get ready, you get his uniforms in the store. The team president goes by the team store at spring training, makes sure everything is in a certain place. You look to see which players are being modeled right in front on the mannequins. Believe me, there's a total science to that. As you know, you want to go in and see your stars right in front. You're looking at DeGrom jerseys. You're looking at DeGrom giveaways. You are ready to rock and roll. Get the cameras ready. You tell the media, here he comes. Here comes Mr. America. He walks by and he keeps going right to the training room. (laughs) Listen, I don't mean to laugh. But here's the problem with spring training. There's something called bullpens. Each spring training facility has an area where it's a bunch of rubbers, mounds, side by side. Call them a six pack or a four pack or an eight pack, or in my case, a zero pack. 
you stand up there and then the media every morning from the PR department gets a list of pitchers who will be throwing bullpens because that's how you start spring training. You don't start with live BP. You don't start with games. You start with bullpens. So it's all exciting. You talk to the players when they first report. You tell them to wear sunscreen and don't get sunburned and don't get arrested for DUI and make sure you go to the training room and check in. Even if you're sick, you got to come to work and check in and then you get sent home if you're really sick. You look at the list and you arrange for your best pitchers to be at a certain time. Maximum media coverage. The cameras are there. You have to announce that Jacob deGrom is being held back because of tightness. Now, Jacob deGrom and tightness go together like bud and light. He's got forearm tightness and shoulder tightness and knee tightness and hip tightness and whatever tightness you want. Don't get me wrong. Jacob deGrom, A, is a great person. Really, really nice, actually. Two, his talent is beyond belief. Just incredible. I am talking about like Hall of Fame level talent. I'm referring to his injuries. All you have to do is go back and tell me when he gives you a full season and how often and whether you think five years makes sense. The Texas Rangers are crossing their fingers. And believe me, the decision to hold them back for a day or two in spring training was not made without the owner, the president, and the GM because it brought a level of scrutiny to Texas that it's the last thing they wanted. Jacob deGrom. Now, they're claiming, of course, because that's what you do. You never, in the beginning of spring training, with a guy you've signed, you never announce if it's a real problem, period. If it's a scrub who's a non-roster invitee and they have a bad bullpen, we once had a guy, Coca, who we signed and we didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was, but he was on the roster. He wasn't on the 40-man roster. We invited him to spring training and uh, passed his physical, don't know how, and then they went to the six-pack and he threw and the guy was throwing like 70 miles an hour. And not that we're asking the players to throw 90 right out of the gates, but there was something clearly wrong with him. And we released him that day. We called him in and said, hey, sorry, see you later. Because we don't want him to get hurt. First you say, are you healthy? Yes, I'm fine, great, you're released. Because you don't want him to get hurt, then you have to deal workers comp and getting him healthy. So we just got rid of him immediately. But if it's a guy on a long-term deal, you're definitely not releasing Jacob DeGrom, but you certainly are despondent. You're hoping that he's gonna get 26 starts this year so he can match what he got over the last two seasons. And 26 starts for your number one starter means, wait for it, he's missed a month, an entire month, at least. So they go to the owner and they say, hey, we got a problem with Jake. No problem, hold him back for two days, but make sure we announce that this is normal, this is fine. It's an overabundance of caution. I always like that. That's what, do, do you remember those phrases? They were, they were used by the uh, Rangers. Do you remember during COVID, after the game started again in different leagues and they would cancel games because one guy got the sniffles or one guy tested positive who they'd come into contact with three days earlier at scores and the, the league would say, out of an overabundance of caution, we will be postponing tonight's game. Well, talk about overabundance of caution. That's the great word to use about Jacob deGrom. We're gonna be watching this all season long. That's an injury, that's a distraction. Let's go down to Palm Beach with the Washington Nationals 
who are dealing obviously with the loss of their owner. They're dealing with the reality that they're going to lose a hundo. They're dealing with the reality that the team is not sold yet. They're dealing with the contract that they want to close their eyes and make disappear, except Scott Boris keeps showing up with his hands out and saying, pay my main man, Steven Strasburg. I can't let a show go by without mentioning the injury of Steven Strasburg. Tip my cap to Scotty boy. The worst contract I've ever seen. It makes my worst contract look like the best contract ever signed by anybody. Strasburg is thrown off a mound. He's got the nerve thing again. He's hurt. He's done. He will never pitch again. He will not be in the big leagues and he will keep collecting his $175 million. Distraction? Not really. Injury? For sure. So players all get to spring training. They're all excited. They're meeting the media. They're talking. You'd really talk to your players before the first workout. You pull a few aside who you know the media are going to talk to. Just make sure they're ready. Make sure that they are on the same page. Are you upset with our manager? Are you upset with me? Are you upset with the owner? Anything on your mind? Do you like the way your locker looks? Just let me know in advance if you're going to be whining and complaining and cause a distraction. So the media, of course, they're heavily in Boston. Do you remember when Trevor Story got signed to that deal? He signed a six-year, $140 million deal, and the Red Sox hadn't done much, and you were all upset with Ryan Bloom and John Henry and Tom Werner, and I told you to slow your roll because they've won four World Series for crying out loud meatloaf. So Trevor Story was one of the great free agents last year. Remember all those shortstops, Seeger and Simeon, Lindor? So Story signs for $140 million with the Red Sox and then gets hurt. You're despondent. The team stinks. He's hurt again. He told the media, listen, I've got great news. In a best-case scenario, I'll see you in the second half. In a worst-case scenario, I'll see you next spring. <laughs> no, Trevor, please don't say that. I mean, it's been announced. We know it, but we're trying not to repeat anything bad. That's a very good PR rule with players or with staff or with managers. When there is bad news, you dump it, you say it, and then you don't mention it again. I don't want to remind people. Trevor Story, all he should have been saying to the media is, listen, I am working hard to get back as quickly as possible to help this team get back to the playoffs. Period. Be done with it. Don't give me best case, worst case scenarios. Then we went over to the other guy with the Red Sox. Do you remember Chris Sale? Go back to a nothing personal episode. I bet you it's one of the first 50 episodes. Maybe, maybe even earlier than that. Chris Sale signed that huge contract with the Red Sox because all of you people in Red Sox nation were apoplectic that he hadn't been re-signed, that he could become a free agent. And they gave him this huge deal for no particular reason because he wasn't gone from the Red Sox yet. And that deal has been an absolute stinker. But good news, he's back. Hopefully he's not punching anything or breaking ribs or falling or stepping in holes or doing whatever it is that Cespedes did. Remember that? That's a callback. That's a that's an inside joke. There was a player named uh, Jonas Cespedes 
who got hurt by stepping in a hole on his ranch trying to catch pigs. But anyway, Chris Sale was all excited. Remember, they won the World Series in 18, and he signed that contract because everyone was so excited. We got to bring him back. There's so much pressure, and they signed him. And then he got hurt, and he's been hurt ever since. I don't think has he pitched at all for them. My God. So he said something that, uh, I don't know. We try to, when you're talking to players, you know that there's going to be several things that are said that you don't want said. And you just hope that they're spread out during the course of a year. But in spring training, everyone's in the same place. The media doesn't have to travel. They're not tired. They get to go out every night. They show up at the facility every morning. They've got to fill column inches and they've got to tweet and they've got to find things to say every day. So as a PR department, you're in a front office, you're trying to lead them in the direction of positive stories. Look at what's going on here. All of our eight second basemen are working out well, or our off season acquisitions. Look at how good they look. You're trying to pitch them ideas. Look at these guys, their best friends playing video games every day. Whatever the case is, you just try to keep the bad quotes to a minimum. Chris Sale was talking about, he nicked his pinky, broke his wrist. I could have been in a Russian prison for 10 months, calling back Brittany Griner. How fun would that have been? He was trying to give everyone perspective. One of the things that's very important to do when you are a player or when you're a front office is to be very careful because I couldn't agree with Chris Moore, and Chris is one of the best guys in baseball. There are people who are very angry about his contract, angry that he hasn't played, angry at Chaim Bloom, angry at the Red Sox, wondering whether or not they're going to get out of the basement this season in a very tough AL East. And I've always talked about perspective. I don't like saying we're going into battle, we're going to war. It was a real battle out there. I like perspective. And the problem is, I can't dictate to my customers what they deem as important. I can't dictate to them what they deem as their own internal perspective. And I tried for so long because there's no doubt that there are fans who react in a way that is disproportionate to what's happening, right? It's a loss. And we see this with players when they when a player makes a mistake and all of a sudden they're getting death threats or hate mail. And I have tried to explain to people about wins and losses and perspective and emotion. But I'll tell you, I have made, if I had to calculate it, I would say I've made zero progress. I would say with social media and people having cyber courage and keyboard courage, that the amount of perspective out there is pretty bad, pretty missing. But don't worry, Red Sox fans. You may have Chris Sale back to start the season, but I'll tell you what you won't have is Chris Sale for an entire season because he's an injury waiting to happen. So let's go to Arizona and see if there's any distractions out there. What do you do if you're the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles? You know Otani's going to meet the media. You know Trout's going to meet the media. You know this is going to be dogging you all season long. You have an impending free agent who will be, it'll make Aaron Judge look like Carl Pavano in terms of their free agent sweepstakes. And Carl, you know, I love you. I love Carl. Carla Palooza, call back to that if you're old. God, you have to be old to know who Carl Pavano is. Coca, have you ever heard of Carl Pavano? He signed a free agent deal with the Yankees. 
You have? All right, I feel a little better about that. What were you, 12 when he signed? Can't even talk about that. So when you've got the number one free agent in history and he is heading out the door, in the door, maybe getting a $500 million contract, you've got to figure out what is going to be your plan. So I would go to Shohei Otani and say, listen, you're going to have to address this and here's what I want you to do. I want you to address it right off the top right in spring training, and then I want you to say that I will not be discussing this again for the rest of the season. You can ask me a million times. I'm gonna answer it the same way. I'm not discussing it anymore. You can answer right now you wanna win. You can answer right now that you love Artie Moreno. You can answer that you hate Artie Moreno. You can answer that you don't like Mickey Mouse. I don't care, but answer it right now, everything. If we win the World Series, I'll stay. If we don't get to the ALCS, I'll leave. Whatever, I love you, Steve Cohn. I don't care, but then stop it. Because your teammates don't wanna hear it. The fans don't wanna hear it anymore. What's worse than having a countdown to despondency? That's what it would be. What are they gonna go to the outfield and rip off numbers days until Shohei Otani leaves the Angels? Eight, 195. Who's up next? 194. You're not going to do it that way. Then you got to go to Mike Trout and say, Mike, you committed to us. Media's going to ask you, here's what I want you to say. Are you willing to say this? I want you to make yourself look foolish. And I want you to tell the media that I'm going to do everything I can to keep Shohei Otani here. Do you mind doing that? Well, why would I say that? I mean, of course I'm going to do that, but you understand that I have no say because I'm not gonna give back any of the money I signed. Artie Moreno already has a payroll over 200 million. We completely suck and we haven't been in the playoffs in how many, 10 years. We've got the longest streak of no playoffs. I've never won a goddamn playoff game in my life. Series, game, ring, nothing. Of course Shohei doesn't wanna be here. I don't wanna be here but I love my family and I love where I live. I've got the great gated community. I'm right within spinning distance of Space Mountain. I can quickly fly to Japan if I want. I'm coming up with reasons for Shohei to stay. I can't think of any. If Artie Moreno bids more money than the Dodgers or the Mets, then Shohei will stay in Anaheim. Now, Shohei could tell you during his opening press conference, I wanna win, he's told you that. I wanna see what happens during the year. Whatever he's gonna say, just say it. But don't make Mike Trout say, I'm gonna do everything I can to keep Shohei. What does that mean, Mike? That means you're gonna focus every at-bat more than you normally would've? It means you're gonna tell your teammates, stop sucking? It means you're gonna try to go full Tanya Harding on everyone in the Houston lineup? You're gonna try to make sure that DeGrom never pitches and that Seattle takes a step backwards? What's your exact plan? Everything, I can't even take him to dinner? What? It's ridiculous. There is not one player I've ever seen leave or stay because they had a teammate who said, hey, will you stay, will you leave? It's not how it works. In the NBA, there may be some recruiting. Let's all go to South Beach together. But it's not like Mike Trout is gonna be able to convince Shohei Otani of anything. So don't make him say that. Just makes him look bad. Distraction. Cut it off at the head. We're still going. There's still more. Then we go to Pittsburgh. Distractions are what you need. When your team's gonna be bad, one of the things that 
we like to do is the old bait and switch. Let's give you something to think about that has nothing to do with wins and losses. And we'll do that. We're gonna have this great promotional schedule. We're gonna backload it because we think we're not gonna be good. We're gonna make sure that when we give out a team calendar, that the guys that are being traded are in the beginning of the season, the guys who we're gonna keep are toward the end of the season in terms of the months on the calendar. We're gonna pay attention to how we do our bobblehead because we don't want to do a bobblehead of a guy we brought in who we think we're gonna trade at the deadline. If so, do that bobblehead before the deadline. We're planning everything. Distractions are good late in the season, but now what makes you think the Pittsburgh Pirates can't win their division? other than being sane. But still, I don't want any distractions. Not now, not spring training. We got a player there named Brian Reynolds who's a damn fine player. Here's the problem. Brian Reynolds has three more years with the Pirates, this year and two more. The Pittsburgh Pirates don't have to do one thing with him. They can let him sit there and lose 100 games for the next three years, or they can hope that they're going to be the surprise team and they could be the Orioles of this year and win 80 games and not make the playoffs. All of that is true. But Brian Reynolds demanded a trade, which makes me insane. A pre-free agent demanding a trade, sit down. Get back to your clubhouse locker and play the game and earn your salary. We already offered you a huge extension pre-free agency. You turned it down saying it's not enough. I know you're a great player, but are you going to protect yourself against getting hurt or becoming ineffective? And you're demanding a trade out of Pittsburgh? And yes, you read about teams who are willing to trade you, but you think we're going to give you a way to make you happy? What do you think, we're Joe Psy? No. Not trading you because you demand a trade. As a matter of fact, you demand a trade. I'm purposely not going to trade you. I'm going to hold out for a Herschel Walker package. Can I change that now to a, to a Rudy Gobert package? Do people know Coca Rudy Gobert as much as Herschel Walker? Is he more famous for getting way too much for a player and having it be to the benefit of the team who actually trades the star away? The only way that Brian Reynolds gets traded is if somebody overpays. And Neil Huntington, the GM of the Pirates, that's how these calls go between GMs. I've done these calls. You do it with presidents too. You say, hey, everyone's available. Some players are less likely to be traded than others, but you can have anyone you want. But just know you're going to lose that trade. But if you want him that badly, make me an offer I can't refuse and I won't refuse it. If the Pirates get an offer for Brian Reynolds that they can't refuse, they'll trade him. But for a, tra for a trade where they may not win, where it's not a guaranteed PR win and on the field win, they're not doing it. So Brian Reynolds taking the, talking to the media and saying, yeah, nothing I can do, but yeah, my, I still don't wanna be here. My trade demand stands. I'd be so furious with him. And if you're a fan of the Pirates, what a great organization, but if you're a fan of the Pirates, are you happy to have a player on your team like that? Talk about tone deaf. Play the game. There is nothing that mom rot four, eight, 69. There is nothing that Rob Manford hates more than having to go public against one of his team presidents or worse, one of his owners. 
it is something that commissioners sometimes are forced to do. And believe me, they don't like it. And the reason they don't like it is that if you upset a president who can then get the owner who's loyal to the president to become disloyal to the commissioner, then you're talking about worrying about one of the votes to get you your extension or to keep your bonuses coming or your pay rising, raising, rising. Hold on up for the rising. So Rob Manford will only, as all commissioners, will only say something about an owner and a president when there is something so egregious that they have no choice but to talk. Rob Manford met the media yesterday and he had to respond. He had no choice. He had to respond to Bob Castellini. Bob Castellini is the owner of the Cincinnati Reds. He has a son named Phil Castellini, who's the team president. And Phil Castellini has had some statements the last two years that would make a grown man blush. It would make me look like a guy who's never made a mistake over 18 years publicly, which of course I did. It's hard not to make a mistake when you're in front of the media every single day, you're talking about different things. It's going to happen, I promise you. Phil Castellini talked about a couple of things. He's the guy who last year said, oh, you don't like the trades we've made? Where are you gonna go? Remember that one? We covered that on Nothing Personal. This year, he talked about the fact that their team has no chance and baseball has got a problem because of all the teams that have no chance. That is fingers on a chalkboard. That is a dry napkin in between your fingers and toes. Oh, I hate that feeling. That crackling sound or that paper cut feeling. Stop it, it's in my head right now. Do you get that like phantom pain or phantom, oh my God, that's gross when you talk about paper cuts? Like, that's a paper cut to Rob Manford and the rest of the owners. Don't talk about lack of competitive balance. Don't talk about lack of hope. Don't talk about competitive integrity. But Castellini did and Manford had to respond and boy, did he respond. I think most people who pay attention to our game realize that we do have a disparity issue in the game, both on the revenue side and consequently on the ability to spend on players. Totally perfect statement. I think sometimes in markets that produces frustration that leads to what I regard to be unfortunate comments, unhelpful. <laughs> what that means is, hey, Phil, we know you have no chance. We know we have an issue because your payroll is 50, making it up, and the Mets payroll is 350. We know that you went for it just a few years ago. You signed Votto, you traded for, you signed Moustakis. You extended Votto, signed Moustakis, signed Castellanos. You had done very well just as recently as a few years ago, and now you stink. We get it, your window's closed, but shut your yapper. We don't want this type of distraction. I think sometimes in markets that produces frustration that leads to what I regard to be unfortunate comments. Oh my God, what a slap to Phil Castellini. But the team with the greatest distraction of all, always, no matter what, is the Yankees, right? It is hard to be the GM of the Yankees. It's hard to be the manager of the Yankees, the owner of the Yankees. They are the most scrutinized franchise, having not won since 09, though they've had a winning record every year for as long as I can remember. The most World Series of any team, the last team to win back-to-back, -back, having won three in a row in 98 to 2000. Viewed as a failure by so many, why, I don't know. 
abjectly the most successful franchise that we've seen. But they're still subject to distractions. Brian Cashman's still not going to get everything right. They dealt with a first-day distraction that made them very sad. They had to announce that Frankie Montas is having surgery and is likely out for the year. This is a guy who they got at the deadline. He was one of the Oakland A pitchers. Say what you want about the A's and their low payroll, their lack of stadium, but they're good at baseball. They're good at baseball operations. Even with Billy Bean having stepped away from baseball operations, wink, wink, and David Force taking it over, wink, wink. They traded all their guys and they get a good return. They cut salary and the Yankees took Frankie and Frankie was not outstanding to say the least. As a matter of fact, he was terrible. He may have hurt them more than helped them down the stretch. And now he's being paid significant millions of dollars to not play. So what did the Yankees do? Rip off the Band-Aid, keep the distractions to a minimum, knowing that you work for a team that will have the maximum distractions no matter what. Injuries, distractions, nothing personal word of the day. We'll be right back to review a movie, and then we're going to talk about what's going on with Bally's. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you for joining me and Matthew Coca. We are a daily podcast, live three days a week on YouTube, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Did I get that right, Coca, by chance? He gave me this great way to describe Nothing Personal, which is we give you a behind the scenes look to what's going on from a person who's haven't been there with a producer who's the best in the business, live Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays at 8 a.m., Live to tape Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's a mouthful. Watch a movie every day. Available, here we go, ready? Hi, my name's David Sampson. I'm the host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, produced by the great Matthew Coca. We are available five days a week, live on YouTube, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. This episode brought to you by how the hell do I know? We don't get the damn revenue. Okay, watch a movie every day. Of course I'm going to watch a romantic comedy with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. Of course I'm going to want to see Jesse Williams with clothes on, having gone to the Broadway show Take Me Out, where it was more like Take Me Off. I'm going to watch it. Doing a rom-com, interestingly enough, is harder than doing a drama. I always didn't like that at the Golden Globes that best actor in a musical and comedy was looked at as like the stepchild to best actor or actress in a drama. Do you know how hard it is to do comedy? Do you know how hard it is to be funny? It's way harder to make someone laugh than to make them cry. Sometimes you just look there. You look and you say, God, that's not funny. I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Your Place or Mine, starring Ashton Kutcher, is a new movie on Netflix. Reese Witherspoon, who is a corporate magnate, a brilliant businesswoman, person, 
What you, is it not businessman anymore? There's another one, Coca. I need a list from you. I just realized I can't call her a businessman. A business person, woman. Reese Witherspoon has a production company. She's buying rights to books. She's producing movies. She's acting, Academy Award winner. Just an absolute brilliant mind, successful. So this movie is about two people who have sex, shocking, and then they don't, again, because they're friends. And then they live on opposite coasts, and then they're talking on the phone every day, split screen, on their devices, FaceTiming. It's amazing that in movies they now use FaceTime and texting because no one picks up the phone anymore. So you have to show the text and then you have to show on screen what they're texting. It's totally changed. It's like every movie has subtitles now. Used to be you had to like pick up the phone and say, hey, I love you. Now it's on screen, I love you. We're not getting intonation. It's like we're going back to the silent movies. No more talkies. I just thought of that right now. I wanna hear the emotion. I wanna hear you say, I love you, man. Paul Rudd, he was good at saying it. Zero chemistry between Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. I didn't care if they loved each other, they got together, they didn't get together, nothing, don't care. Now, Reese Witherspoon with Jesse Williams. Now we're talking, I'd like to see something going on there. He's a big literary agent, she's a writer or something or a editor and he's a writer, whatever. Guess how it ends up in a rom-com? Guess who ends up together? Do you think the star-crossed lovers from 20 years ago will finally find their way to each other and then have a scene where they come to Jesus and say, I love you, I love you too. We're gonna be friends forever. No, we're not gonna be friends. We're gonna be lovers and countrymen and Romans. Your place or mine. I like the concept. I like the title. I love the music. It's all the cars. Dun, 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 dun. I like the nightlife, baby. Let the good times roll. You're all I've got tonight. My best friend's girlfriend. Don't you stop, don't you stop, don't you stop. Dun, dun, we're moving in stereo. If you can name the movie where the cars are part of the soundtrack and it's the most famous scene of all movies ever, then nothing, then you're on it. And you're likely in your 30s, 40s, or 50s. Dun, dun, it's moving in stereo. No? Anybody? Coca, Coca, Coca. Where's the studio audience right now? Raise your hand. Wish we were live. We'd be in the chat room. Someone's saying, hell yeah, it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'd skip it if I were you. Although I love the cars. Okay. On a more serious note, let me give you the nothing personal pick of the day before we talk about what's going on with your baseball games. We are 24 and 27. We had the Nuggets minus seven over the Mavs. It's a winner. I'm not sure why the line went to minus six when Kyrie Irving said he wasn't playing. Is it possible that the line moved from Nuggets giving a touchdown to Nuggets giving six once they found out that Kyrie wasn't playing? Does that mean the Mavericks are worse or better? That means they're a point better with Kyrie not playing. Something's wrong about that. Nuggets, seven over the Mavs, winner, we're 24 and 27. We're heading toward the All-Star break. Miami Heat went into the All-Star break with a loss to the Brooklyn Nets, who were actually more fun to watch without Kyrie, without Durant, the whole distraction, everything's gone. They're just sort of fun, but the Heat lost to them. We're gonna take the Suns 
because I heard, and I could be wrong, the Clippers are giving one and a half to the Suns, and we're going to take the Suns in the points. I may be wrong, but there is a rumor that Kevin Durant will play tonight for the Phoenix Suns. Just kidding. But I'm taking the Suns plus one and a half against the Clippers. I'm just not buying off, buying off on the Leonard-George combination. I just can't do it. Okay. A lot of talk going on about bankruptcy right now. So I want to get into it and I want to explain it. There's a company called Fox. Fox is the company that, uh, you know, the one out in California on Avenue of the Stars. They do movies and they do reality TV. They do a bunch of unscripted stuff. They also have a division called Fox Sports, right? Terry Bradshaw, all of you complaining, get him fired. They didn't like the fat shaming of Andy Reid at the end of the Super Bowl. Get you a cheeseburger. Fox is a huge company. One of the things that Fox had was a division where they ran regional sports networks. Regional sports networks, I did not mean to snort into the microphone just there. I was reaching to mute and I didn't get to it. Sorry about the snort. Regional sports networks are networks that you have on your cable bundle where you can watch your baseball team play every day during the summer. You can watch your basketball team play during the winter. And some of you can even watch your hockey team play, though if you're in Florida, you'd get a dash. You'd get a Blutarski GPA. But either way, regional sports networks were developed as a way to disseminate content to you. You would buy cable from your local cable company and you would get that network and you'd watch that network and part of the cable bill would go to the teams in the form of rights fees. It was very simple math. You pay a cable company and a cable company pays a network to be on the cable company so the cable company can charge the customer. Then the network has to pay somebody to put something on the network and they knock on the door of a sports team and they say, hey, we need your content to put on our network so we can sell our network to the cable company per subscriber, get a fee. We're gonna give you part of that fee and we're gonna make a ton of money on ourselves. Then the cable company is gonna give all these channels to you, the consumer, and you're gonna overpay and the cable company is gonna have stock prices that go up and up and up. Do you realize how many people made money off your cable bill? Sports teams, the networks the teams were on, and the cable companies showing the networks. All of that was funded by, wait for it, you. Congratulations. Then you woke up one day and said, this is a bunch of horse hockey. I don't want to keep funneling all my money to people when I don't even like what they're giving me because your focus is on the end of the supply chain. You're looking at the content that's going on the network and the network making sure that's available. That's what you're happy to pay for. But why would you want to pay for a network that you're not watching? I don't care about the Great British Bake Off, but I want to watch my sports team. I don't even know who my sports team is, but I want to make sure I watch The Bachelor. That's a bad example because that's on a major network, but you know what I mean. So now the audiences are becoming a little smarter and they're saying, I'm only gonna pay for what I want and I wanna want it whenever I want it. I don't need to watch it from eight to 8.30 with eight minutes of commercials. 
I can fast forward commercials. I can start watching at 8.15 and still be done by 8.35 and not watch any commercials. The audience, the consumer always wins because you're the one always paying. So these sports networks were run by Fox, but some teams in different cities said, I've got a way better idea. I don't want to sell my rights to Fox. I want to sell my rights to myself. Hell yeah. That's like owning the trucks that deliver your product. That's like FedEx getting its own planes. I don't want to play, pay Delta's cargo rate. I'm going to get a FedEx plane. I'm not going to pay Joe Schmo to deliver my FedEx package. I'm going to get FedEx trucks. Just you wait till Amazon starts its own airline. I mean, it's a cargo airline for FedEx, but believe me, it's a cargo airline. Why? Then you control more parts of the supply chain and your profit goes up. It's not like your prices went down for FedEx when they started flying their own planes. So there are a bunch of teams who said, I want to start my own network. The Yankees, the Mets, the Astros, Dodgers, nightmares. Dodgers actually didn't start their own network, but the Astros did. Mets, Yankees, a bunch of them. Chicago. But then all of a sudden the world changed. And it, when the world changes, there's one thing you must have. You must have a chair when the music stops. And the music has stopped in the explosive growth of regional sports networks. And Sinclair, who bought the networks from Fox, is left without a place to sit. What it means is that you are not paying your cable company money anymore. Therefore, your cable company is not willing to pay the RSN anymore to be on available on the cable channels. Therefore, your network doesn't have the money to pay you anymore, me meaning the team. Therefore, there's a bankruptcy. Sinclair, which owns these regional sports networks, 14 in Major League Baseball, they bought for over $10 billion the networks from Fox, from Disney. It was a long story, but it doesn't matter. They're the ones holding the bag. And the way you buy something for $10 billion, the way you buy a team for $2 billion, if you're not Steve Ballmer, is you borrow the money. And you borrow the money. The thing about borrowing money that's interesting is you have to pay it back. Now, like a mortgage, you can borrow money and pay back interest only and then keep refinancing with principal, right? You can do all that, no worries. When you have a mortgage payment, what happens? You pay it. Sometimes you pay only interest and then you refinance. And if you can't pay your interest, they say, hey, pay next month. If you can't pay next month, how about next month? And then what happens? It's called bank foreclosure. Well, Bally's owed money in their, to their bankers where they borrowed it from and they missed their interest payment. The way you miss an interest payment is the way you would miss a mortgage payment. I don't have the cash. I've got to pay off other debt. I've got to pay off another credit card. I've got to pay off food. I need something. I'm not paying my mortgage. Come get me. 
Well, that's what's happened. A mortgage payment was missed. That means in the next 30 days, if the mortgage payments don't get paid, which they won't, the company's gonna be forced into bankruptcy, which it will. And what happens when something goes bankrupt? What happens when your house gets foreclosed? When the bank gets around to it, they kick you out and they sell it to someone else. What's gonna happen with the regional sports networks is that they're not gonna pay their bills. Either the interest they owe to the banks where they borrow the money, or they're not gonna pay the rights fees to the teams. They don't have the money. Teams are owed money like the Marlins. They did a deal with Sinclair where they get $60 million. You could have had more if you listened to me, but what do I know? Where they get paid, just make up an amount, say it's 60 million, say it's 80 million. Wink, wink, say whatever you want. Those payments come during the course of a season. What happens when you can't make those payments? What does the team do? The team had budgeted to have these rights fees available as part of its revenue, and they made their payroll accordingly. When you don't get a revenue stream that you expect to get, you end up losing more money than you expected, and you've got to access the capital markets, or you've got to borrow money, or as an owner, you've got to put money into the team in order to make payroll. All of these things are happening in baseball right now. It is sheer panic because there are 14 teams in theory that if Sinclair declares bankruptcy, those teams will not get their rights fees. Then what do you do? Well, Major League Baseball is gonna take over. They're gonna have the teams, they're gonna instruct the teams like the Marlins to break the local TV deals with Sinclair because you're allowed to break a deal if you don't get paid. You're in breach of your contract if you're not paying for what you're getting. If Sinclair is not paying for the games, they don't get the games. MLB is gonna take the games in-house, which is what they've been trying to do forever, but didn't have the courage to do it until they were forced to have the courage, and now they do. 10 years ago, Bob Bowman at Major League Baseball talked about bringing rights inside. When we were negotiating with Fox, Bob Bowman was like, hey, we're gonna negotiate with you. We'd like to have your rights. Why? Because if they can have the rights to as many teams as possible, they then control the digital rights. And Bob Bowman knew one thing if he didn't know everything, which is having the digital rights, that's where it's gonna be at. And our contracts gave up the digital rights to Sinclair and to Bally's. But if MLB takes the rights in house, they will then have the right to get rid of the blackouts. They'll have the right to give you digital access. They'll have the right to give you pay-per-view on demand, pay for what you want. But more importantly, you'll have the right to still watch games. What does it all mean? You're gonna read all sorts of things about these networks going bankrupt. You're gonna read all sorts of things about teams being despondent beyond repair. Baseball is going to try to make teams whole for their revenue loss, but will not be able to do it. Owners are gonna lose money more than they expected to lose because their rights are gonna decrease. Because when MLB brings them in house, they are gonna do market rights for these teams, not over market rights. And I don't mean market as in where you live, I mean what the rights are actually worth. And we don't know now what the rights are worth. We know what they used to be worth when everyone was paying their cable bills. Now with everyone cutting the cord, we don't know squat about crap. There is a huge amount of business being done right now as they figure out how to get through bankruptcy, whether there's gonna be restructuring, whether MLB and the NBA and the NHL are gonna 
take over the rights, how the teams are going to get paid, what they're going to get paid, how the games will be produced, who will be the announcers, what will be the fans' ability to watch games. Let me take away all worries you have. Not one team in Major League Baseball will have one fewer game available for you to watch on your TV this year. I promise you that, don't worry. Will there be a future impact on salaries? Is there a chance that the local TV model in baseball is going to change and is going to generate less money than it used to in the short term? You bet your bippy it will. We'll have more about this as teams continue to announce whether they're going to break their contracts. Once Sinclair officially declares bankruptcy, I promise you a lot more legs to this story. Well, that's what we got. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday. I promise it's just business and a lot of it. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.